Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Happy New Year and happy year number two for the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Rick Uccino, SP3, here with you guys for what's going to have to be a quick episode. I apologize for all the delays. If you uh, haven't been keeping up with the news, it's been kind of hectic in Cincinnati ever since that Monday night football game that I was covering, which is why we were delayed until Wednesday because I wasn't going to get to watch Raw until Tuesday, and then I didn't even get a chance to watch Raw, but I kind of know what happened. I didn't watch Wrestle Kingdom last night either. This is the most ill-prepared I've been for a show, but uh, the, the, the day job has just taken over my week. That's why I'm late today. Thankfully, though, SP3 is always prepared. He did watch Wrestle Kingdom last night, and he is ready to talk about our main story, our lead story. We're going to dive right into it. We're going to try to get to as many comments as we can, by the way, as well. Uh, but it was heavily speculated, SP3, heavily reported. It has now come to fruition. Mercedes Monet, formerly known as Sasha Banks, arrived at Wrestle Kingdom 17, took out Kyrie. She's going to fight her for the IWGP Women's Championship on February 18th in San Jose. Your reaction, we knew it was coming, but that doesn't necessarily mean the debut was going to be what we all thought it was going to be. What was your thoughts on the execution of the uh, debut of Mercedes Monet uh, last night or early this morning, depending on where you are? Uh, definitely. It was 100% what I thought it was going to be. I thought she would come out after, uh, Kyrie's win over Tam Nakano. I thought that she would challenge Kyrie for the IWGP women's championship. And I got what I wanted. The, my biggest nitpick from that whole debut would be the fact that, uh, she, uh, either Kyrie didn't take her move well, or she didn't execute the move well, either or. I I didn't get a lot of the complaints, and from what I did with research of the people that were complaining, I looked up a lot of them, and a lot of them, even before the show, were talking trash about Sasha Banks. So, no, 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 that fill it, me in, fill me in. What, what were the complaints? What were, what were the, because uh, I did see clips of the debut, so I have watched the debut i knew that was going to be our main story so i did make sure to watch that what were the main complaints about it the main complaints was they felt like she didn't get a reaction even though it's new japan where they're not allowed to cheer or make loud noise so yeah i don't know what you were expecting <laughs> there i don't i don't think i think they were expecting kind of like the pop she would get if she came back in wwe that sure, in yeah. the united states that's have totally different uh expectations there and then of course there was the complaints about the move there was also complaints that her song was whack and all her song was was a remix version of crisscross <laughs> And the money, I loved it. I'm a Chris Voss fan. I loved it. I thought it was very cool that she came out with that. People were like, oh, the song is terrible. It's lame. She got no reaction. She can't do her new move. Her promo was terrible. I don't think the promo was terrible. I don't think oh, it was that. good. She just, she just, a, she basically understood that she, with American wrestlers, if you're speaking English to a Japanese 
crowd that speaks Japanese, you have to change up your cadence and you have to kind of draw words out to so the people can understand. They have a chance to understand. So I don't think people watching that and complaining about the promo realize what they're watching. And a lot of the complaints came from people that aren't not new japan fans so that's that was my whole thing but overall i would say that it it wasn't it, it did feel kind of flat i will i will say that because of you know the execution of the move um and i i guess for some people they were expecting more so that's how it came off a little bit flat but i got everything i was looking for i think that sales for battle in the valley on february 18th in san jose california where mercedes monet will challenge Kyrie for the iwgp women's championship i think one that match is going to be great two i think mercedes is going to be the main reason why i think that show sells out and three yeah, I think I think that she is going to uh, kind of go on a world tour of domination, like she said in the post uh, post angle uh, promo backstage during the press conference. I think that she's going to show up in AEW. I wouldn't be surprised because of her training in Mexico before her return to professional wrestling. Wouldn't be surprised if she showed up in AAA or CMLL. I think that she's going to go on a world tour where she pulls the Ultimo Dragon, Kenny Omega belt collecting i think that it's going to be like that for mercedes monet but like i said i kind of see it in the middle ground on the debut overall yes it did come off undeniably flat because of the atmosphere that is japan at the moment but i pretty much got what i was expecting from this whole situation yeah uh now, granted, I watched it at because I think I woke up for work this morning, like right around the time that it actually happened, but maybe just a few minutes late. It was online. Um, my first initial reaction was it did feel a little bit flat, mostly due to the atmosphere. But then I remembered where the event was taking place. So I immediately wiped that from my mind. Now, uh, as far as the move is concerned, now I have seen Sasha Banks perform this move in practice on, on Twitter and YouTube. To me, it looks like Kyrie slipped and landed on her knees. Like it, yes. it did not look at all like it was Sasha Banks' fault. Again, yeah. guys, this is wrestling. It is a it, it's a dance. All right. It takes two to tango. And in a move like that, both people have to hit their spots. It looked like Kyrie slipped to me. Uh again, I I'm just throwing that out there. If I'm going to play place blame on anybody, and I'm not doing that, I'm just saying it would look like it was more Kyrie's accident than it was uh, Sasha's. I agree with you 100%. That's what I, the, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, just it, it looked like Kyrie wasn't ready to take the move or didn't know how to take the move. My biggest complaint had nothing to do with Mercedes Monet's debut on this show overall. I agree with a lot of the comments like Queen Moan and Safet saying the show was awesome. It was great. It was one of the best shows that New Japan has put on in the past three years since this whole pandemic has uh, felt. It felt like a real comeback for New Japan as far as atmosphere spectacle Russell kingdom felt like Russell kingdom again my only complaint was right before mercedes monet's debut how do you have one woman's match on your tokyo dome card this is the first iwgp women's title defense for Kyrie, and you give her and tam nakano who is one of the most beloved members of the stardom roster a former wonder of stardom champion a former goddess of stardom champion their tag team titles over there just a couple of weeks ago 
How do you give them five minutes and 56 seconds? What? What? I was like, I yeah, was. Yeah, that's something I, I'll complain about no matter what company it is. That was a really good match for, for six minutes, but. If it got five more minutes, I could just say it was a good match. I wouldn't say it's a good match for six minutes. I would say it's just a good match because I, I, they they went out there and they packed a lot. I had people, you know, when I jumped on the watch along on True Hill Heat, they was like shocked when I knew the time. They was like, it felt like 10 minutes. I was like, because they knew they only had six minutes. So they put 10 minutes worth of action in that six minutes. Now, if you count Mercedes debut... That added five minutes onto the segment. So technically the women got 11 or 12 but, minutes, but yes, I see. What I literally mean. came into the show telling people that the, I was like, this show's going to be like four and a half hours long. And the show ended four hours and 15 minutes. So you had five minutes to give that match. <laughs> okay. Uh, there is one thing that I, I will, um, I will have to disagree with you on. And I'm not a fan of the song. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the song. I'm one of the people who thought the song fell flat. I'm not saying the song is bad. I'm just saying it's not my cup of tea, especially when Sky's the Limit is one of my favorite wrestling songs ever. So to go from Sky's the Limit to whatever that, what'd you call it? A crisscross thing? Whatever. It's, the, it's a crisscross. It's a crisscross variant. It's okay. a crisscross okay. crisscross remix. Sky's the Limit to crisscross variant. You're not a hip-hop fan. It just, it just dropped. I'm sorry. Oh, the song awful. for me was bad. That's an awful take. And the song for me was bad. But again, it might have more to do with, with Sky's the Limit. But um, look, I, I'll say this much. Uh, Sasha, excuse me, M Mercedes ain't been sitting on the couch. We, we can say she, her look was spectacular. She looks like she's in the, the the best shape that she's ever been in in her entire life. And I agree with you. I think she is about ready to go on a, a world tour of ass kicking. She is going to do anything and everything that she wants to do. And the next stop may in fact be that she will show up on AEW Dynamite. Did have this report that I want to mention the fact that, that WWE, there were some within WWE that were somewhat surprised that Sasha Banks struck a deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, that came from Sean Rossap. That I I I don't know who those people were, whether they were producers, writer staff, that those those kind of people. Uh, the fact that they were surprised surprised me a little bit, based on how you know everybody's been reading the room here a little bit. But uh, the fact that she showed up in New Japan surprised some within WWE. I hope they aren't surprised when she shows up on Dynamite on on the 11th. But I will say this much. I don't necessarily think that if Mercedes uh, Monet shows up on AEW on Wednesday that we're going to get the graphic. I would not be surprised if she signs on for a few appearances with AEW as part of the tour, but maybe not necessarily signs a long-term contract. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. But, I mean, a lot of the places that, that she already wants to go work with AEW and she could still she could still go on that world tour despite, like, she could work it into her deal kind of like what Moxley did in 2019 where, yeah, yeah I'm signing with you, but I'm going to be doing these dates for New Japan. I'm going to be doing these dates on the independent scene. Sasha, I mean, uh, Mercedes Monet is the only person 
person who I think could get a John Moxley deal from Tony Khan and it would be the right decision. And I, I think it is, of course, due to, you know, Russell Kingdom and of course the great interview uh, Grab City did with Tony Khan where he he basically was very coy. And what is Tony Khan coy except when he has a big surprise? So yeah. and I think if he if it wasn't Mercedes Monet. We would have got we would have got that answer in that interview when they straight up got axed. He, yeah. he was very coy and going around the bush. And yeah, I just think that it is she is going to I think she is going to be the tag team partner for uh Soraya at on January 11th. I also think that she will face Dr. Britt Baker at Revolution in March. So the world, the world tour of domination, it's looking wow. good already. If the next stop is Los Angeles, then San Jose to win the IWGP Women's Championship. Hell, she might make it a whole week next week. Next week is hard to kill in Atlanta. <laughs> Why not make the stop in LA? I mean, take, a, take a flight to LA and go, if like to Atlanta and go to hard to kill and challenge Mickey or Jordan Grace or the Impact Knockouts Championship. I those and the world of possibilities that Mercedes Monet opened up with this choice. She could have took she could have took like fun signing appearances on January 1st. She could have took the easy deal with AEW but the fact that she's going to japan first and putting in the work and wants to put in the work says a lot and you know sasha maybe she lets some this is going to be hard to break mercedes right mercedes monet um maybe she let it slip there a little bit too as well because in her uh you know post show scrum that she said look she showed up here first she dropped that first they're lucky these guys have me First, she's going to be bouncing around. She's going to be making appearances. The world is literally her oyster right now. So if I'm if I'm her, I'm not signing a long term contract as long as I'm a hot commodity. And I got people saying, hey, why don't you come here? Why don't you come here? Why don't you come here? Unless Tony Khan is willing to give her that that John Moxley contract, which, by the way, he should, because it would 100 Tony Khan should be sitting down there in, in, in negotiations with Mercedes, just sitting there going, yep, yep, yep. You got that? Cool. Fine. By the way, here's a blank check. Okay. And yep. And yep. And yep. If she signs with AEW, I have said this um, instantly. It's a top three signing in the history of, of AEW, in my opinion, and a game changer for the company uh, on top of already Soraya, which was a game changer for the women's division. Now you add Mercedes into the mix on top with Britt Baker on top with the fact that you got Jamie Hayter on a heater right now. Chris Statlander is going to be coming back. You have reinvigorated Athena, right? Like the, you have Jade Cargill, who is a homegrown uh, women's superstar uh, right now. That, that women's division is going to be cooking with gas. It's almost going to force Tony Khan's hand to make sure that that is heavily involved in all of his programming, all three live hours of it on a weekly basis. Uh, before we uh, move on here, by the way, if we don't find out tonight who Soraya's partner is, you can take it to the bank that the CEO, the boss, Mercedes is going to be there next week. If we find out tonight, okay, fine. Then it's not going to be her, but they got it. If it ain't her, they got to tell us tonight. They yeah, got it. They definitely, they definitely got the let. Even if it's Thunder Rosa or Chris Statlander coming back to be the partner, you gotta make that clear tonight. Even it's if not, you want, you want the surprise pop next week. Make it clear that it's not Mercedes Monet tonight. Yes, exactly. You cannot do that to whomever the other person is going to be. You're gonna have the Rey Mysterio and the Royal Rumble uh, situation all over again. Uh, real quick before we move on to uh, the five count here, uh, uh, Kenny Omega. 
Will Ospreay have not had a chance to uh, watch this match, but I keep I, I I've all I've so many of the comments I read this morning on social media were already match of the year gonna be tough to beat it. Uh, Kenny Omega defeats Will Ospreay to capture the IWGP United States Championship. SP3 uh, gush over this because I saw your comments on social media today. This by far is a top two Tokyo Dome match that I've ever seen. And the only reason it's top two is because Okada and Omega changed the business. So in uh, 2017, so I don't know if it reached that height, but like uh, I saw Sean Rossap said, this match is not even going to get stars. It's going to get consolations. And I think that would be the accurate assessment to have as high of expectations as they did and to pull off everything so flawlessly like in the stuff that that was in this match rick you had a, a you had omega doing a top rope ddt not to the mat but to the exposed turnbuckle both men standing on the top turnbuckle and he delivered a ddt straight to the turnbuckle and osprey was leaking all over the place i love that kenny omega can be both a killer and also the funniest person in a big time match i did ever I, see. I did see the, 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 the jack nicholson <laughs> It's Kenny. I love that. That's my favorite Kenny Omega spot. He does funny stuff that he I don't even think he knows is funny. Like when he brings Osprey back into the ring after that spot, he says he gets him up. He's like, backbreaker. <laughs> I was like, he's really a street fighter character as a wrestler. It's hilarious. Like the, you, you laughed during this match. You cringed at some of the spots and the risks they were taking. You got scared at moments. It was like I, I think uh, Michael Sidrick over at Wrestle's uh, uh, What Culture said it best. It was the perfect balance of tone, spectacle, presentation, in-ring action, storytelling, emotion, all in one. That Tokyo Dome crowd was the loudest crowd New Japan has had in three years, and they were invested into every single moment, and the fact that I can name certain moments that I was just blown away by, like Omega smashing Osprey's head into the broken table, Osprey suplexing Omega on the back of the broken table, on the metal side it was just it was oh, some uh, ugly uh, ouch yeah those type of moments where you're watching the match and you're like oh, that hurt me like yeah. those this it this is the match the must watch match of the year i feel like everything else is going to be working for second place but honestly the only match that i can see beating this for match of the year is omega osprey 2 in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only i think that's the only match that will top this what is, what is the highest rating a match has ever gotten? Seven stars, Kenny Omega versus Kazuko Okada, four from Dominion 2018. Well, MCAST is saying that Will and Kenny is going to get seven uh, as well. I saw uh, uh, I saw Meltzer gushing over this match, yeah. as so many others uh, did, so I can't wait to check that out. So he, said, he said it had high expectations, and somehow, some way, they exceeded it all. So Fed agrees with you. He says he likes the song. It's got 90s feel to it. So, uh, yeah. And I, it, again, I think my look, I didn't like Bray Wyatt's new song at first either. And then it grew on me. So maybe this will grow on me as well. But I'm such a huge fan of Sky's the Limit. Like I said, it's my jam. It's a top three wrestling song for me. That's where I think this new one just falls flat. And I'm like, oh, this I'm not saying it's bad. Just to me, it's not better. If that makes any sense.
whatsoever. We do appreciate everybody who is tuning in here on uh, what is going to be an abbreviated show. Again, we're jam-packed, so we're going to get to the five count here. I do want to thank you guys for tuning in for year number two of Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you're new to the channel, we usually do 45-minute shows, sometimes an hour-long shows, but today we got a hard out at 3 o'clock. Give us a thumbs up there. Subscribe to the channel as well. Uh, we got a goal to get to 1,000 this year. We got to a 500 in year number one. I still can't believe that, so we're going to keep going. I'm going to have a lot of good stuff as we approach the Royal Rumble and coming out of the Royal Rumble, because I will be in San Antonio, Texas for the event. I will be at the Media Scrums. Going to have a lot of exclusive content coming to the channel here soon, uh, so make sure to check us out. Let's dive into this here, SP3. we got about two minutes of topic. Let's go. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. WWE closed out 2022 uh, on a very, very high note. John Cena returns to Friday Night SmackDown to wrestle for the first time all year, keeps his streak alive, and he not only did he set a record for the uh, uh, loudest attempt to call out spots in a match, but he also set records for uh, WWE ratings that have not seen been seen in two years. Uh, 2.6 million people watched. It was the highest-watched match in over two years. A big success for WWE. Exactly what they want in bringing back John Cena. But then you realize they don't have anybody in the company that really pops a rating like John Cena does. So it's kind of a give and a take there. Um, you know, part of me wonders, is it the reason for this is because we don't see John Cena as often if he was on TV every week? Would he still pop those kind of a numbers? But it, it does make you realize there hasn't really been anybody. Roman Reigns has gotten close. Becky Lynch took over wrestling for a while there before she went out. But there hasn't really been anybody who's taken over that John Cena level draw. SP3, is he the last true superstar in WWE? Can anybody ascend to the heights that John Cena has and still is after 20 years? Uh, Roman Reigns can when he loses the uh, undisputed WWE Universal Championship and he takes a couple of months off. I think that he will have that effect due to this title reign and especially if they get the title reign to a thousand days and they can put him in the echelon of Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund, Bruno San Martino and Hulk Hogan, he would be the last true superstar. Now, honestly, I think after Roman, you never know, right? Uh, I don't you know. Never I know don't, who's going to catch fire. I do. Yeah, you never a lot know. Of young up superstar. I uh, yeah. mean, unless unless they can really kind of uh, put fire behind someone like a Braun Breaker out of like their young talent that they have right now, yeah. he's the only one that I could see being the next in line that fits the prototype of these true superstars yeah. that's kind of started with like the Hulk Hogan era. You know, we had Austin and Rock, and then you have Cena. Now you got Roman Reigns. I feel like the only guy that seems like he has that type of aura to him and they could build up to that point is Braun Breaker. But I don't it, know. All, it all depends on what Triple H wants. I think Triple H could do it. He could build somebody up to that level. Well, it's somebody who's who's been there before and they get reheated. Somebody like a Roman Reigns, somebody like a, a Becky Lynch, uh, somebody like, well, I was going to say Sasha Banks, but you get my point, right? Yeah. Like somebody up there, but it all depends also, on what Triple H wants to do because look, the reason why nobody's reached that John Cena level, that was all designed by Vince McMahon is to yeah. keep from reaching that level. Nobody's bigger than the E. That was the old decree. We'll see what the new regime does. 
also we got to see what Triple H can do because if you look at NXT, who were the faces of NXT? You had like uh, Finn and Nakamura and Sammy and Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole. None of those would relate to being the next in line behind John Cena and Roman Reigns. So we have to see if Triple H can get anybody that could fit that mold to that level, or if he's going to go a completely different way and only do with like the people that the hardcore fans like, like the people that were the faces of NXT. We really don't know yet. If uh, one thing I'll say is if he really committed and decided to flip and really pushed him, I think Seth Rollins could get close. Seth Rollins is over. If they made him a baby face and really committed to pushing him to that, to that top level, put him on the marquee, which he's never really been on. I think he could get close, but they could they do that? Do they want to do that? Is that something that Seth is got left in the tank to do? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't see that for Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is he's a Shawn Michaels type. He's a Shawn Michaels. He's a Shawn Michaels could be considered the face of the company back in like 1996, but it didn't really translate as far as him being on top. And although Seth hasn't been given the marquee, he has been champion before. And he hasn't drawn. So I don't think Seth is the uh, is the answer there. Speaking of champions, we have a new SmackDown women's champion and what was basically a money in the bank cash in without the cash in on Friday. Well, without the briefcase, right? No briefcase. Uh, Ronda Rousey beats Raquel Rodriguez. And what I thought was a really good, a really strong match between the two. And then we get the return of the queen. New look, new song. The crowd popped for her. She challenges Ronda Rousey, and despite, you know, the voice of reason being Shayna Baszler there, uh, she decides, yeah, sure, let's go. I'm feeling, what'd she say, spicy? I'm feeling spicy tonight. Well, spicy got doused in water, and Charlotte Flair uh, walks out of there with her 14th world championship. I have no idea what this means. This is coming on, like, literally hours after we get reports that Ronda and Becky is off for WrestleMania 36 and they're looking at Ronda and uh, possibly Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, I said 36, excuse me, WrestleMania 39. And now it's like, oh, hours later, Ronda's not even the freaking world champion anymore. And now we're back on Charlotte Flair. And I'm going, SP3, what the hell does this mean? What, what, do, you, what do you make of, of Charlotte Flair coming in and, and dethroning Ronda Rousey in the fashion that she did? Um, so like, I know y'all, a lot of y'all were waiting, y'all waiting for like WrestleMania season and stuff, but could we like say six months in that Triple H has taken an L with the women's division? Like, let's, let's be real. Come on. Like, I like his solution to the issue with the SmackDown roster was to literally put the title back on the woman that when the roster first got stale in the beginning of this year. Like, I don't understand. And baby face Charlotte has never worked. It's never yeah. long term. So I don't understand how that was a solution. And I don't understand how Charlotte is the baby face here. My daughter run doesn't in. understand. She's looking. In. Yeah, she's looking like, <laughs> how is Charlotte the baby face here? How is Rhonda the heel when she's took a she had a 15 minute battle and then she she wants to fight again? How is she the heel? How is Charlotte the baby the, the, the baby face? I'm 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 just confused. Look, the only thing I can think of in this situation, like, okay, Becky and Ronda's off for WrestleMania. That's fine. So are, are you telling me that are we going to get 
Becky Charlotte at WrestleMania 39. Wouldn't be mad at it. Those two, they're like the Usos in the New Day. They always deliver. You know, it's it's always a spectacle when those show up. The at the at at first you're like, are we really doing this again? And then you watch the match, you're like, oh, thank God they did that again, right? So I wouldn't be mad at it. But what do you do with Ronda Rousey? Did you just do this to do like a, a again the the shock value of hey we're gonna have a huge audience because people are paying attention because John Cena's on this show so let's show them hey look anything can happen right look at this we had a we had a shock return and a world title change on this big show this could happen every week make sure you guys turn in next week huh who knows what might happen but then you're sacrificing long term booking for this is Ronda just gonna win the damn title back and then Charlotte's gonna have another short practically meaningless world title run that just pads her stats to get her closer to 16 to tie her dad's record and John Cena I don't know what this does I do agree with you people were happy as hell to see Charlotte this week because it was a shock return I will be stunned I've been wrong before I will be stunned if that works if that lasts Last reports were, I think it was PW Insider says Charlotte is listed as a babyface internally. Ronda needed a Batman to her Joker. Charlotte ain't it. Charlotte ain't Batman. Charlotte is the Penguin. She's the Riddler. Yeah, she's exactly. ever. She, she's another villain. This ain't gonna work. I don't. And then what I'm she did, she did a villain. She did a villain thing, and because it was against another villain, that's why it was acceptable. But I yeah. don't understand how they're going to make her a babyface long-term. I don't know. My suggestion is to just kind of, if those two are going to have another match, fine. Do it at the Royal Rumble. Have Charlotte win. And then you know what? Ronda and Shayna, they're free to go into the tag team division, and I think they would be great in the tag team division. Need some babyface tag teams, though. Uh, okay, we got to hurry up here. Number three, WWE, are they making the right decision, SP3, here by slow playing Cody Rhodes' return to the company? Dave Meltzer says a surprise return at the Royal Rumble is off. We're going to kind of get this, this little build of vignettes, reports on where Cody Rhodes is going before he comes back to the company. Are they making the right move by doing that? I think so, because everybody was already expecting him to make his surprise return in the Raw Rumble. And only thing I would add to the video packages is U2's beautiful day, because it feels like he's getting the, <laughs> the Triple H kind of kind of yeah. build up to, to the Rumble return. Yeah, and I think so many people have fallen in love with Sami Zayn, and this is something that we've talked about, right, where Sami Zayn feel like he's kind of replaced Cody Rhodes in the, well, he should be the one who kind of dethrones Roman. If you build up the... Uh, expectations and you build up the excitement and you remind people that they love Cody Rhodes too before he comes back and then he comes back and wins the Royal Rumble I think people would be more on board with that so yeah I think they're making the right return the, the right decision here and it's the Rumble it's Triple H's first Rumble you know he's going to have some surprises in there anyway so Cody Rhodes coming back at the Rumble would have been the worst kept secret uh, they could possibly do number four here real quick are you still on board with whatever is going on with Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy after Uncle Howdy showed up again at least we think that was Uncle Howdy Looked a lot different than the Uncle Howdy we saw the week before. Looked a lot like Vincent to me. Uh, are you on board with what has still been going on here? Or are they starting to lose you a little bit? Um, they're, they're slow playing this, and whatever the pitch black match is does not. Uh, that's give... the Mountain Dew pitch black match. Oh yes, the Mountain Dew presents the pitch black match. I don't. I, that does not sound like something that is going to be uh great. It sounds like one of those weird fiend gimmick matches, and that can either be a hit or it could be a complete miss. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the the person behind the mask is either Vincent or Bo Dallas. I would be more interested if it was Bo Dallas, basically saying that I've been watching my brother's career and now I'm gonna be you know turning turning all the things he's doing done to other people against him. That's more interesting angle than it being Vincent to me. But they still got me intrigued. But it is kind of down from where it was a month ago. Look, they got me. I'm I'm right back into where I was the last time Bray Wyatt was here. I'm looking for Easter eggs. I'm still hunting for things. It's like the White Rabbit videos all over again. I'm diving into the the uh, conspiracy theory angle again. I don't think it was the same person we've seen the last two weeks. I think it was Bo Dallas the week before. I think it was Vincent this time around. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Alexa Bliss, even though I, I hate the fact that she was just distracted by masks and then cost herself the championship. I did think it was hilarious that they recreated move for move the fight scene from, I think, scary movie three or four uh, at the beginning of the match. I thought that was very, very well done. I'm still on board with this, uh, but I am ready to I, I'd like to see them speed things up here a little bit. And last but not least, SP3, there's been a lot of speculation surrounding FTR. They dropped their final championship at Wrestle Kingdom 17 last night. They are now beltless after carrying pretty much every tag team belt other than AEW's or, ta or WWE's tag team titles. Um, could their run in AEW be coming to a close here soon? Could they be uh, possibly entertaining a return to WWE in the near future? Are you reading anything into the fact that they are on a bit of a losing streak here? Well, Dax already did say in the FIFO interview that their contracts expire on April 2023. But also Dax does do a little bit of working. And I think this whole downward spiral uh, storyline with them losing to the Acclaim in the AEW tag team title match, losing the ROH tag team titles to the Briscoes at final battle, losing the AAA tag team titles to Dragon Lee and Drew Esigo, and then today losing to Bishimon for the IWGP tag team championships is setting up what I predicted back in the beginning of December is that FTR goes on this downward spiral and it leaves them at rock bottom to the point that the only way they can get out of rock bottom is they put everything on the line and give me at revolution the acclaim versus ftr2 titles versus careers uh i love that angle i love that idea i'm with you 100 i i think i think there is a possibility one thing i will say i think wwe is going to make a run at them i think they will listen for sure, whether there's the legal tampering or whatever the hell is is going on here, um, the way the way that they are being booked, the way they are starting to drop their titles, I, I think it has been done on purpose. Now, whatever that purpose is, I'm still not here for. I think Triple H is going to make a run at them. I think they would absolutely entertain the idea if they want to go. I, I know uh, Dax has said that he feels like he's kind of winding down here a little bit uh, in his career. So maybe he wants one more successful run over at the E and then he's done. Who knows? But it's going to be interesting uh, to watch for sure. All right, SP3, it's been a quick show. We ran over your heart out. I do apologize. Uh, where can people, uh, what do you got going on at True Heel Heat this week? Uh, you can check out the Wrestle Kingdom 17 review we're going to do on Friday over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Tomorrow, I'll be live over there, 1.05 p.m. Eastern Time with Jimmy Macaram reviewing tonight's AEW Dynamite. And subscribe over there tonight as the fellas are going to be doing the watch along with Elite Heat watching tonight's AEW Dynamite. So check it out over there. Follow me over there. All good. All right, get out of here. I'm going to answer some uh, chats before uh, I uh, close out the show here. So uh, I'll take it solo. Have a good one, good sir.
All right, SP3 rolling out. I'm going to answer some comments here because uh, we haven't had a whole lot of time to dive into it. And I apologize. My hair looks like total crap today. I look like uh, uh, man swa the way that he's got his whole thing going on here. All right. But anyway, uh, so I'm going to answer a few of the uh, chats here. So let's see. Asin, WWE should give Bianca what she wants and what we all want. Look, I think I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about uh, what Bianca's match is going to be at WrestleMania. I 100% assume that uh, she is going to still be the Raw Women's Champion at that point. It needs to be her versus Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. I think Rhea should win uh, the Royal Rumble. I think that is the start of a of, of a rivalry that could, I agree with him, that could rival a, uh, a Rock Austin type uh rivalry based off of how good both of those superstars are they really haven't mixed it up except for elimination chamber last year and that was spectacular i want more of it i think Rhea is ready to be put back into that main roster spotlight again i want to see it so yeah give me that uh all day every day bianca and uh and Rhea uh coming up at wrestlemania uh safet saying uh live over with the fans look i live is over with the fans the problem was, right, like, were you ready to give Liv the, the keys and, and be that Batman? If you were, then you should have had her come out on top against Ronda Rousey the first time that they, they went and did their whole two- or three-month thing. They had several matches. She never beat Ronda clean. And then where do you go with Liv from there? So I do think Liv is still technically the top babyface on SmackDown, but you, you needed somebody behind her, and that's been the problem uh, that they have run into with the SmackDown women's division. They did not have anybody who they had talent. Oh my God, my cat's in the room. I had no idea my cat was in the room. She just yelled at me. Anyway, uh, they didn't have anybody who was over with the fan base. SmackDown's never, women's division has never been short on talent. They have been short on talent that's over with the fan base. It was Liv and then it was everybody else. And so it, can Charlotte fill that void? Again, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think so. Uh, Josh, I disagree. I mean, I get it. I get that Bray is not for everybody, but I would not say it has been a, a, a waste of time. They're clearly building to something. Let me see what they build to before uh, we, we declare it a, a waste of time. Uh, Frantic World, LA Knight says he doesn't know what type of match it is going to be. The Mountain Dew Lights Out match. This is going to be exactly like the Nigerian drum fight, right? It's 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 a hardcore match. It's a no rules match. It's just gonna have instead of drums at the at the uh, outside of the ring, it's just gonna have some weird blue light. You know that's that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be some weird blue black light type thing, like most Bray Wyatt matches were back in the day. And it's just gonna be difficult for us to see what the hell is going on. So that that's where I'm at with that. Hopefully it's good. I I honestly I hope LA Knight wins that thing. If if this whole Bray Wyatt, Uncle Howdy thing, or those two guys fighting with one another. Why not give LA a big boost and give him a, a big win on a grand stage and, and have him get over on Bray Wyatt? I don't think I don't think Bray Wyatt necessarily needs to win this feud. I think Bray Wyatt needs to win the feud with himself more than he needs to beat uh, LA Knight. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Uh, everybody tuning in. Uh, we'll be back on our regular time, 215. 
next Tuesday. That's our regular time. We'll try to do another show this week, but I don't know if we're going to be able to, to squeeze it in. My work schedule has been absolutely crazy with everything that's been going on in Cincinnati this week. So uh, we'll we'll try, but I can't. I make no guarantees. If you guys enjoy the show, uh, give us a thumbs up there. If you're new to the channel, you like what you heard or you saw so far, uh, hit the subscribe button too. Uh, we really appreciate all your guys' uh, support and joining us here on year number two. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.